everybody, welcome back to Talks with Miri. So to shortly explain the hiatus, it was just the complete absence of creative juices. And you know when you force something out, it's going to sound forced and that's not what I wanted. But finally, the inspiration came back to me. I have a whole bunch of episodes to release. They've all been in the vault, all recorded. So you'll be getting a series of episodes coming out. And I'm going to start with Alex. And this episode doesn't really have a distinct thing it's just easing back into it with a light-hearted conversation so enjoy what always cheers you up when you think about it what always cheers me up when i think about it um oh, that's tricky because like I don't know. There are like lots of things that cheer me up when I think about them. Um, I think about penguins sometimes when they make me happy. Just knowing that they exist is pretty cool. Uh-huh. I like penguins. They're just really like cute and unproblematic and just do their own thing. Um, but other than that, um, family members, any of my favorite music cheers me up when I listen to it. But this, that's a funny one now that you mention it because... All of the like songs that I listen to that cheer me up are incredibly sad songs. Um, <laughs> I, what? I don't know what it is. I like sad music. Like sad music makes me happy. Does that make sense? Um, give an example. Um, I'll try and think of one right off the bat that people might have heard of. Um, like, there's that one Juice World song. I forgot what it was. Well, I forgot what it's called now. What was it called? I forgot the title, but, it, but it's like I think it's called. I think it might be called "End of the Road" or whatever, which is quite. A, it's quite a deep song, honestly, because um, well, not super deep, but the like the subject matter in the song is quite sad. It's about drug use and you know, um, overdosing and not very nice topics to talk about. But because it's mm-hmm. a good song and it's because it's well written and because I don't know, it makes me feel something. It kind of makes me happy, even though it's supposed to be sad. Um, yeah, and I think I, I discovered that with that one Ed Sheeran song. What's it called? Mm-hmm. One of those older songs, not Lego House, Small Bump. It's called Small Bump by Ed Sheeran, which is about a miscarriage. But I didn't know it was about a miscarriage until I actually read the lyrics like online. And uh-huh. so I was like singing along and dancing and thinking, this is the best song ever. Until I read the lyrics, I'm like, oh wow okay so maybe this isn't like a sing-along song but um it's still like i don't know it's just (laughs) i prefer sad music to happy music okay i'm sure there's an audience for you yeah there definitely is just come we can all listen to sad music together and have fun um i 100 percent agree with you like you know unironically i'm actually disgusted that we have something in common no way what is it what is it what do we have in common I also literally thought about penguins for this question. Ah. <laughs> I mean, you can't look at a penguin and not be happy. They're like the epitome of cuteness. They really are. They're just really cool, really nicely designed. Like, God really snapped when he made penguins. Um, right? Little known fact, when I was 11, I don't know, if, do you have Build-A-Bear in South Africa? I think you must have at some point. There was Build-A-Bear Yes, here. we do. We are do not the fucking boondogs. I haven't, yeah, but I haven't seen it here. That's why I'm asking. I'm not like trying to sound like some kind of smart. I just haven't seen it. Like, I think there was uh-huh. one at the waterfront uh-huh. before, and I haven't seen it again since that one time I saw it ages ago. But, um, yeah, I got a Build a Bear for my birthday uh, when I was 11. 
and because I don't know what I don't know what inspired him to, but my like it was from my godfather, and he got me a penguin, <laughs> and it was called Peter Penguin. He had a birth certificate and everything, and like yeah, since then my love for penguins has been solidified. So yeah, I think that's what it. It doesn't doesn't start there, but I think that kind Where of did like. It start? Um, might have been Happy Feet, might have been Surf's Up, one of those movies. Oh my gosh, Happy Feet! I used to yeah. love that movie. What's the most absurd thing that has become a reality for you? Most absurd thing that has become a reality? Um, God, I should have taken more time to think about this one because there's a few things I could probably think of. Absurd thing that has become. Do you want to take this one? Do you want to start because I can't think of one immediately. I guess everything. Anything can be classified as absurd. Yeah, that's, that's too meta. <laughs> I thought you meant like an actual thing. Um, um, it could mean an actual thing. It's a question. You interpret it as you wish. But it, when I thought about it, I'm like, everything, it's, it's, it's absurd. It's absurd that I have to like put on clothes to go outside. It's absurd that I have to use money to buy things. It's absurd that... Oh, yeah, I suppose. Okay. These, okay, if those things make sense. Um... Absurd thing has become a reality to me. I think it's pretty absurd that, like, you have to have, like, one career path for your whole life. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because, like, I remember I, I play, like, a lot of video games and stuff. And the really cool thing about the video games that I play is a lot of the time you can create a character mm-hmm. and you can literally, like, today I'm going to be a knight tomorrow i'm going to be a ninja the day after i'm going to be like i don't know you can be whatever why can't i like be a doctor for a while like why do i have to decide when i'm eight that i'm going to be a doctor for my whole life like why can't i just be a doctor for like a while and then like a firefighter for like another short while and then like a chef (laughs) you know like why do i always have to like perfect it i mean i have to decide when i'm like six five six seven whatever that i want to be a doctor and I have to study biology and blah, blah, blah. like I know why it is mm-hmm. that way because you kind of have to specialize. But at the same time, I like I don't know. At a certain point, when you kind of like know shit, can't you just switch career paths? You know what I mean? And kind of like learn on the job. What's romanticized in modern culture but really shouldn't be? Mm, where do we start? Too many things. You go ahead. This mm. question is literally perfect for you. First of all, extreme wealth. Because mm-hmm. people like idolize, celebrate, and like aspire to like Mark Zuckerberg, Bill Gates, Jeff Bezos levels mm-hmm. of wealth. Thinking that, oh, you know, if I hustle and if I grind, I can become a Jeff Bezos or I can become a Bill Gates or I can become a Mark Zuckerberg. Which technically is true Mm -hmm. technically because the likes of mark zuckerberg jeff bezos and bill gates although they were rich in the first place also managed to acquire extra wealth by creating something that didn't exist before Mm -hmm. or other creating better versions of things that existed before however what they also don't realize is that the more jeff bezos's that are in the world the less chance there is for any other Jeff Bezos's to exist. <laughs> I'm sorry, just Bezos's sounds so funny. 
I just mean like there's a finite number of like windows or other seats for multi-billionaires. Yeah, and the more multi-billionaires there are, the less likely it is that you will ever be a multi-billionaire. Mm-hmm. And so in order for, because this is how capitalism works, someone can't get to over, I don't know what his net worth is, 150 billion without preventing a whole load of people from ever getting out of terrible circumstances. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to step on people's backs, oppress people, and basically cap their potential financial and social mobility in order to achieve what Jeff Bezos has achieved. So I don't see why we should be celebrating and lauding him for being rich when actually he is only where he is because he is so willing to oppress, step on, and um, basically just cap people's earning and just not earning, what's the word? Like just social mobility potential, if you hear mm-hmm. what I'm saying. So that's why I really dislike when people are always like, wow, you know, he's a real inspiration. No, no he's not. He's a dick. And he only got as rich as he is because he's a dick. Um, and also, beyond that, I think people also get a really miscued idea of wealth. Like, to be in the top 1%, right, how much do you think you have to earn to be in the top 1%? Would you uh, earn per geez, year? I don't know. Isn't it in the trillions? No. In order to be in the top 1% richest people in the world, you have to earn $400,000 a year. Really? That, wow. Why did I think it was so much higher? People always think that, you know, in order to be happy, you have to be a millionaire or a billionaire. You can earn 400000 a year, which is far easier to get to than Jeff Bezos' levels of wealth, and be rich, like very rich. So <laughs> I don't understand this whole, oh, yeah, I need to be the next quadrillionaire, you know, multi-billionaire, I'm the first millionaire in my family. Like, yeah, I understand, like, the hype and the, you know, whatever. But you could be very comfortable with $400,000 a year and probably even less. I mean, that's subject to change because inflation mm-hmm. and all that. But... Yeah, I think people have a very miscued view of wealth. And the other thing is, if you plan to make $400,000 a year, which I said is very attainable, if you think about it, given the right circumstances, um, it gets significantly easier to become a millionaire when you're earning, say, $400,000 a year than when you're earning $0,000 a year. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I think the extreme wealth is romanticized where it shouldn't be. And um, in addition to that, we also have, um, this is more on a social level, and it's not as bad as extreme wealth, in my opinion. But I think hip hop culture has also kind of um, led to the romanticization of um, not just popularity, but the image that it like professes. I think in order to be a successful hip hop star, you have to exude certain, um, feet, not just features, like values, I think, and virtues. Mm-hmm. And so it has to be, as I said, extreme wealth, but not just extreme wealth. Um, decadence is a big one. You have to be like, you can't just have lots of money. You have to spend lots of money all the mm-hmm. time. You have to be seen to be decked out in the most expensive clothes, wearing the most expensive jewelry, driving the most expensive cars, drinking the most expensive drinks in the most expensive hotels, Location, blah, 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 blah. And anyone who's been in close proximity with celebrities will know that they don't actually always live like that. In fact, more often than not, they don't live like that at all. Um, like I think Jay-Z said in multiple interviews, while he was coming up as a rapper, he rented jewelry, he rented cars, he rented just for the sake of the image. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? 
And so, um, yeah, that shouldn't be a goal that you aspire to because I think people always look at these celebrities as role models as we spoke about in the last thing, and which is dangerous because they're putting out an image for the sake of commercial value, whereas that's not at all what they live like. And that's not what all, you know, things that they consider important to them in their lives or whatever. Um, so I think that whole image needs to stop. I mean, I don't, there's nothing wrong with it as an image to be celebrated, but it needs to stop being like, oh, that is the goal to aspire to. Aspire to whatever is attainable for you. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Don't try and model yourself off of your favorite celebrity because chances are they don't live like that. They're just putting that out there for the sake of a paycheck. Um, what else is romanticized that needs not be romanticized? Oh, this is a controversial one. Let's hear it. Um, mental health issues. Mm -hmm. Okay. Oh, you've opened the box. Let's go. Yeah, this is this has been an issue I've had since about 2014. But I think it's it hasn't been as bad. The Tumblr era. Years. But I remember there was a time, there was a time, right? Where, especially when I was in high school, where everyone wanted to have either depression or anxiety. Like, that was the thing. Or OCD. One of those three. Like, everyone claimed to have it without being clinically you know, diagnosed with it. But everyone claimed to have it, which was mm -hmm. a problem for me. And it kind of coincided with like a lot of movies that we watched and series that we watched depicted characters who suffered from certain mental like mental um, issues. And instead of depicting them as, oh, this is this great struggle that this character is going through, they kind of depict it as, oh, you know, this person, ha they're a hero because of the struggle that they're going through. Um, 13 reasons why I don't want to talk about too much, but that's one of the worst shows ever created of all time. And it did a really bad job of depicting someone going through depression. And I think a lot of people took it the wrong way. And I think a lot of people still look at it the wrong way. I mean, like I said, it's getting better with the way the more um, there's more infrastructure for education in schools and just in social mm -hmm. media and stuff. But yeah, I think a lot of people romanticize having a mental health disorder um, when actually it's a serious condition that a lot of people suffer through. And if you had any idea what those people were suffering through, you wouldn't be romanticizing it at all. Um, so yeah, that's that's another thing that I think is romanticized that shouldn't be. Are you... Yeah. And uh, yeah, I can't think of anything. I think those are, the, those are my top three. I thought about this too. It's another one of those questions. Mm -hmm. I was like, huh. And I feel like people have romanticized in my opinion a love which involves a lot of a lot of conflict or like just an, an unhealthy relationship Ooh, generally yes. yes you're correct you're very correct yeah toxicity has become like the flavor of the i don't time. even understand like everyone wants everyone wants to they want to be a future or a Lori harvey or whatever it is um, <laughs> don't even get me started on that let's start with couples like like, for example, this Cardi B and Offset, right? We don't know them as people, but everyone is like, I want this type of relationship. This is the type of love I want. And if you just judge your relationship based off of what we know as people, right? That doesn't look like a healthy relationship. Same we go on yeah. to, like, this thing you're saying of this <laughs> Lori Harvey future situation where city boys <laughs> are up for doing something shitty oh, to a girl. No, I remember. City girls are up. I went yeah? on Twitter. I went on Twitter, what was it? And I saw... Um, 
Jordan Woods. I hate, I, you don't understand how much it pains me to talk about celebrities because I don't, I couldn't mm-hmm. care less, but I'm going to use this as, as, as to illustrate an, um, an issue. So Jordan Woods' new boyfriend, the NBA star whose name I've completely forgotten. Um, so they took a bunch of pictures and posted them on Instagram and people kind of posted them on Twitter saying, um, nothing makes me happier than seeing Jordan Woods finally being treated right in a relationship. And I'm like, you don't know that. You just saw pictures. It <laughs> means nothing. Exactly. That's what I was... Like, you, really, you have no idea what happened before, after those pictures were taken. It, it means nothing. Like, it really does not... You, they, you see what they want you to see. Like, it honestly, they could, be have, they could be having the most turbulent relationship behind doors, um, closed doors, but then the pictures look great. You that know is I mean? one thing about people's relationships. I mean, you only see what what you're technically allowed to be shown and yeah exactly if you think about the parts that the media picks up it's always all these toxic things and everyone or most people on social media have not run and attached love to be something that's toxic and turbulent and breaking up together breaking up together breaking up together or just like attacking each other on social media just all of these things to me which is like I, love is great no one says that anyone has a perfect relationship that is far from it. That's mm-hmm. something I don't want people to think I'm saying. But I think people have romanticized the idea of a kind of hell type of battlefield before you actually get to the happy stage, which shouldn't necessarily be the case. I think, but I think, well, I think also when we say people, I think we also have to kind of figure, um, put it within the frame of social media. Like, I don't think too many people are actually like that outside of Twitter or outside of Instagram, or whatever. I think a lot of it's put on some people might actually be like, like be like that in real life but i like to believe <laughs> that people are slightly more intelligent than that <laughs> slightly more so i'll i'll leave it as people are just like that you know behind their cell phones behind their twitter accounts and their avis or whatever and then maybe they're actually healthy people in real life you know what i mean <laughs> so yeah I'll, i'm being very optimistic you're actually here, right but, i think it's twitter know. that ruined me because <clears throat> twitter has just exposed me to people and the way they view relationships it's scary and I also, this is the other thing, like you hear the way people speak on Twitter and then you meet people in real life and there's a very big disconnect. Like no one in real life that I've met has ever said anything that's even vaguely like reminiscent or representative of what I've seen on Twitter. So either people are lying on Twitter or people are lying in real life. <laughs> it's one or two. <laughs> it's one of the two. Um, but I'm going to go and assume, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that people have less to gain from lying in real life and more to gain from lying on Twitter. So I'll say that they're just lying on Twitter and they're actually just normal, healthy people. Mm. But um, yes, I agree. I agree with your, what's it called, analysis of the way people kind of romanticize toxicity as it's become recently. Um, but yeah, I think, I, think you're very, I think you're very right in that case. Oh my gosh, another one is, I think that, that just hit me now. I think another thing that's romanticized is like substance abuse. Ooh, I think yeah, yes, I agree to a to an extent. I think it's become less romanticized in the last. With, oh yeah, with you people know, dying, of course. A lot of high, a lot of high, a lot of high-profile deaths like Mac Miller, Lil Peep, um, what was the other guy called Juice World, um, XX, But that was murder. That wasn't substance abuse. But you know what I mean. Like I think substance abuse has become less of a you know. But I remember, I do remember 2016, 2017, especially 2018, even. It was like 
everywhere. Substance abuse was the hot topic. Everyone was all about, oh my God, you know, Molly, fucking lean, fucking everything. Just pills, <laughs> ecstasy. Everyone wanted to be high all the time. Um, 100%. And I'm not even just talking about drugs, even alcohol. Alcohol as well. People Absolutely are losing right. their so minds. Think, like yeah. some people forget that alcohol is not an everyday thing. Yeah. So I think um, I think it's gotten slightly better because I said the infrastructure and the conversations sparked by these high-profile deaths has led people to kind of like face it head on. I'm not saying it's gotten better in terms of like people doing less drugs or drinking less, but at least now it's known as a bad thing. Like it's seen as an issue. It's not seen as a Oh my God, that guy took, I don't know, five Xanax pills. He's so lit. Now it's that guy took five Xanax pills. He needs help. <laughs> Tell okay. me something that's true that almost nobody agrees with you on. Something that's true. What the hell? Jeez. <laughs> yeah, this question was made for me because I hold so many opinions that no one will agree with me on. Um, firstly, wine is mm. not nice. Wine is not a nice drink. I don't know why people pretend it is. It is not nice. It doesn't taste nice. It doesn't make me feel nice. It is not a nice drink. I just feel like society has kind of all agreed that we're, we're that, you know, it, it is a good thing to enjoy wine. And so we're all kind of under this weird societal peer pressure to drink wine. But yeah, it's just not mm-hmm. nice. It, it isn't. Um, what else will no one agree with me on? Um... I'm trying to think will be another decent answer. Do you have one? Something that almost nobody agrees with me on. This is a hard one because I actually have to think about what do people think. Like, it is super hard because there's a lot of things that I could say and find out actually everyone agrees with me. Like alcohol. Elaborating off of what you said, it's not just wine that doesn't Mm -hmm. taste great. The vast majority of alcohol doesn't taste great. And everyone's That's just like, I'd like n- none of it tastes great unless there's sugar added, like a cocktail or some vibe. But I, that's why I don't understand when people are like, no, it tastes great, or this tastes sweet, or it's so smooth. Like, what the fuck are you tasting? Yeah, I don't, I never, I've never kind of caught that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know if I'm still like, I've got immature taste buds or whatever, but I just don't. I don't get it. Also, avocado. No, Alex, you're not one of those people. You're it not doesn't one of, taste no. of anything. Alex. It has Alex, no taste. you're not disrespecting avocado avocados no up in her. It, it will. You're it not tastes disrespecting of whatever avocados you put it on. up in her. No. Avocados taste of not nothing. True. They don't have a taste. You can eat avocado. Like okay, love. What does avocado taste like? <laughs> that does that doesn't no because no 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 I'm not letting you give that as an answer. Avocados don't have a taste. They're like hey, like water doesn't in. have a taste. Yes, that's true. But no one's out here talking about. Oh my god, I need me some water. Oh my god, water is so good. Oh, I'm gonna put water on my toast. Love water. There's a there's a water movement. There's apps for water. Yeah, but no, but water actually gives you a certain feeling. You need to be hydrated as a human, and which is why give people me a love feeling. water. But no one is like. Avocados, they just don't taste of anything. They don't hydrate you. They're just listen, like there. Listen, Alex. They're fine. Like they're fine. I'm not I don't hate avocado. Like if it's on my pizza, if it's on if it's in my wrap, if it's in my burger, if it's if it's on my toast, it's fine. But I'm not 
this 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 like ridiculous love for avocado that I see people expressing. Just like, uh, how do you love a specific group of people? Uh, I think that's very important that you. Yeah, always girls and always white There we go. I thought you were just bashing avocados purely. If you're bashing the avocados on socks, avocados no. on t-shirts, avocados on phone covers, then sure, there I agree with you. That that's what that's what I'm saying. Like, like avocados, fine. It is okay. It is a very okay thing to put on things. It is not. How does it become like a commercial industry? Like avos of all of all things, you know. It makes no sense. Like mangoes, I could get. I could get if you wanted. You know, if you wanted to start an industry about you know selling mando, fucking what's it called, mango apparel, and selling mangoes, I get that because mangoes taste really good. Mango juice is also really nice. Like dried mango is also really nice, but avo. Just listen, it's, fine. it's, it's not. There. It's not just fine. It's a little bit better than fine, but I, 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 I get your point. You're not an avocado lover, and that's okay. No, I do like avo. This is the thing. I haven't bought one this entire year, but I've had it like when I go home and when I see people. But it's just like I don't. I could very happily live without it. But um, how do I feel about it. you? Okay. I don't. I don't understand why I got so <clears throat> so hostile after that. It's not a bad thing to say. Shut up. That should be the next question. That should be the next I'm question. I'm so sorry. Let me see which one I want next. Ooh, let's have this one. Room, desk, and car. Which do you clean first? Mm, um, in order, I would go... Why? Desk, car, room. Desk, because that's the easiest. And I just take all the stuff from that's littered on my desk and put it somewhere in my room. Car, because anything I take out of my car is going to end up in my room anyway. And then once all of the mess is out of my car and off my desk, it's now just sat in the mess that is my room. And that's the last hmm. thing I clean up. I'll start with the car. Because the car is like the most public one. Like maybe you need to go pick up someone or someone just sees your car. And like, what the hell? So I'll start with car and then I'll do room and then I'll do desk. I'm generally quite a tidy person. Oh, wow. That, okay. Okay. Um, I don't know what gave you the vibes that I'm a messy person in your insinuation there, but that's cool. I'm not, but I'm just saying, I, I, I don't imagine, I can't imagine, I don't have a car at the moment, but I I also don't, I can't imagine a time where my car would um, be Most people tend not reason. to have messy cars. Most, not all. They don't, no. But yeah, you said like, which one do you clean first? If you mean clean, like wash the car, then I'd start with the car because that's the biggest, like, um just general i don't know if it's outside or inside i interpreted this question as just your car being presentable period okay well then in that case if it includes washing the car then i mean the car is just the one that everyone sees to me it makes the most sense to start with that because your room your desk it's it's that's your personal mess if it's messy yeah, but I thought you meant like, let's say you wake up on a Sunday, you have a whole day to yourself, your room's messy, your car's messy, and your desk is messy. I still start with the car. And you have a whole day to yourself, as I said. Um, and you're not going anywhere. You're not going to pick anyone up or anything. It's just you Alex, a cleaning day, basically. Your answer is not In wrong. that case. Yeah? Yeah, I know, but I'm just like, I'm just saying, um, yeah. But then it changes. If it's just taking stuff out of my car, then I start with my desk. But if it's actually cleaning my car as well, then okay. I start with my car. Next question. 
What's the best lesson yeah. you've learned from a work of fiction? Oh no 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 okay 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 if you say okay the, but this one's a, this one's a bit of a meta one so the lesson I learned from Naruto, Naruto. was um yeah is so Naruto is the main character he's the protagonist he's the good guy and he is portrayed as the good guy all the way until the end however upon reflection I've looked at it again we see everything from his perspective which is why we think he's the good guy but <laughs> You step into the bad guy's shoes and you realize, actually, Naruto is the villain the whole way through. And this is a funny theme because the same thing happens in The Lion King. We're sitting from Mufasa's, from Mufasa's standpoint and we're presented the story from Mufasa's standpoint. So we assume that mm-hmm. Scar is the bad guy, right? But if you take a step back, you kind of realize Scar is actually the bad guy. Scar is actually the, the victim in this Was story. He? Yes. Yes. Do you want me to break it down for you? I actually did a school project on this. Okay, so we will begin with the fact that the movie starts with Scar having been banished mm-hmm. from his homeland, right? He's been banished and he goes and he lives in those weird, bony... I forgot what they were called. Not the Pride Land. The Pride Lands is the normal place and then there's the weird carcass-covered and desert place with no food or anything. And Scar and the hyenas live all out there. Um, a band, and they're, they're outcasts and they've, they've been forced to leave the rest of the very lush green um, savanna type place where the rest of the mm-hmm. animal kingdom lives. They never explain why. No, because they never explain. We're just told that he's the bad guy at the beginning for no reason. <laughs> and we don't know why. He's just been banished. And so now Mufasa has banished his brother, his blood brother, from the rest of the Pride Lands. And we don't know why. We move on. At the beginning of the movie, Mufasa's wife, whose name I've forgotten, I think she's called Nala, has a son, Simba, and he's presented to the whole animal kingdom and they all celebrate his birth. And then literally minutes after they celebrate his birth, Mufasa tells his son, one day you will eat these animals. (laughs) Quite literally. And so I'm like, you're celebrating the birth of the lion who's going to eat you and your kids. So... Why are they the king? They're the king of the savannah. Why? Because they eat everyone mm-hmm. else and everyone else eats the grass. So now it's almost like a dictatorship because no one can say anything about it. They can't say they don't want lions to be the ruling, the ruling species because if they do say that they don't want lions to be the ruling species, guess what? They're just going to get ate. So Mufasa is literally a dictator ruling of the pride lands with an this iron fist and no one can say anything about it. Yeah. And so we move on from the part where Mufasa literally has taken over the whole Pride Lands and he's kind of given birth to a son who is told from birth that he'll automatically take over. Not like there's any kind of democratic vote or anything. It's just the way things are. He gets to eat people and rule them at the same time. Um, and then we move on to the, the, the crux of the story, which is where Scar and the hyena, who have been kicked out of the kingdom, try and take mm-hmm. back the power of the kingdom, right? And so Scar, who's been banished with no food and no water in the middle of nowhere with all these hyena, and the hyena, who we also never told why they've been banished. Like, they never said why a hyena's mm-hmm. bad. They just get banished for no reason. So he goes back to the Pride Lands with all the hyena, and he tries to take over Pride Rock. And at this point, he takes over Pride Rock and allows all the outcasted people to come in and so everyone can live in peace and harmony 
as one massive communist utopia because everyone's equal under the mm-hmm. under the under the eyes of Scar, basically. Um, this is where it gets a bit tricky. Everything goes to shit <laughs> after Scar takes over, and so Simba has to come back and take the crown away from him. But this is where we talk about intentions are the important part, not the outcomes. Um, Scar's intention was to take these people, these hyenas, away who'd been outcasted for no reason and take them back to the Pride Lands so they can enjoy the food and water and the grass that was all the way over there. And um, Simba, the son of Mufasa, who's been basically a tyrannical dictator who seized power for no reason, ruled over people that he ate and forced them to celebrate the, the birth of his son who's also going to eat them and their kids. Um but for some reason celebrated as a hero is actually the bad guy the whole time because he he, he doesn't what, what gives him the right to rule over them over scar who is his brother who he ousted for no reason basically scar was trying to free the people he wanted equality he wanted everyone to live on the same ground he wanted free free rights for all people including the hyena but mufasa was like no you and the hyena have to go and live in that weird dirty place with no food and water now we go back to the question, which was what has a, le- a lesson taught to you by fiction, which is the good and bad in a situation is entirely down to perspective. Don't always believe you're in the right just because that's the side that you're okay, that's a nice from. I mean, now, now my answer is going to sound so like lackluster. <laughs> um, my answer is just that no what man's an island. So what, what, what work of fiction uh, It's you a bunch of them. I just had a thing for coming of age stories. So naturally, in all of them, mm. it's always someone realizing that, whoa, wait a second, life is not this journey that I have to take alone. But you know what? For answer's sake, let me use Winnie the Pooh because. Because, like. Oh, okay. They were all so fucked up, but together, they were unfucked up. You see? Like, That's so to so me, true. it's always like, huh? Funny. Winnie the Pooh Aww. is the first work of fiction I ever. Owned. You know how much I love Winnie the Pooh. It was the first book. It was That's the first book shocking. I ever owned, Winnie the Pooh. Like you? Yeah. You I were was like, what? It was a present from my christening. What three activities okay. would you reach I ten thought. out of ten? Would do again. Right. Mine. Once. Have you ever played Minecraft? Yes. Uh, do you know when it goes to night time? Did you enjoy it? And there was that like weird sound that just fucked with my energy. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, there's lots of weird <laughs> sounds at night. It's like a... It disturbed me. <laughs> Those are the zombies. Yeah, I, 10 out of 10. Minecraft. If you haven't played Minecraft to anyone listening, just... Just download it and play just once. Like it's the most it's the most therapeutic game known to man. Um, other activity I'd rate ten out of ten. Mm. Drawing your favorite album cover. Yeah, that's a fun activity. Um, if you haven't done it before, uh, give it a go. Okay, Alex. And three. Um, let's do it. Um. Oh. Record a podcast with Miriam Chama. It's Chama. Or is it Chama? No. Yeah, Look sorry, at you being wrong. decent. All right, whatever. I'm just giving you three PR. I think so. I would <laughs> hands down say camping. I love camping. Wow. Camping is camping. so much fun. I love camping. 
Like I don't understand. That's I hate. Good for okay, you're a first of all, I am. okay, but when you say camping, yes. do you mean camping as in in a tent in a sleeping bag, or do you mean camping as in like in one of those resorts that have? This tents is not glamping. Like I'm talking about that heated, like, in a tent. Okay, it's cold. You have to walk to shower. And all of that. I'm talking about that. It's just, it's good once in a while to refresh your soul. I just like camping. Okay. But then again, it depends with that. That's also a, a huge, <laughs> huge important factor there. <laughs> um, who you're with matters. Like, it's, but it can be fun. It can be so much fun. I'd also say there's this skywalking thing where it's like, um, they take you like up in the air and then you walk across this like bridge. That's like over the ground, and you're like high up. Mm. And, obviously, if you're scared of heights, it's not gonna be for you. But I just like it so much. It's just so freeing to be so high. What's the worst trait a person can have? Mm-hmm. Ooh, worst trait a person can have. Um, true. Well, any trait in excess can be pretty bad. Um, so if someone's like overly generous, that can be self-destructive. But also at the same time, if someone's overly selfish, then that can also be self-destructive. Um, I guess that lack of <laughs> moderation. That's a terrible answer. I hate that answer. Um, a lack of self-awareness, maybe. I'm trying to think. I mean, like I said, like anything mm-hmm. in in, in excess is a terrible trait to have, um, whether it's too kind, too rude, or too whatever. Um, but I think a lot of issues like stem from a lack of self-esteem. Mm. It's like, like it's not the worst that you can have, like uh, obviously, but I think a lack of self-esteem can be manifested in so many different ways. So like some people can be really um, arrogant just to mask their lack of self-esteem. Some people can be really like altruistic and will give everything that they have away to the point that they get taken advantage of just because of their lack of self-esteem um some people can be really violent Mm -hmm. as a result of their lack of self-esteem you know what i mean so it can be manifested in lots of different ways so maybe lack of self-esteem might be the worst one to me greed is actually the worst i think greed is the reason literally is the way that it is i i feel like um I, can also I mean, greed quite initially. Like... Greed and capitalism are best friends, right? That you have no choice. You have no choice, realistically. But yeah. um, greed is also the reason that yeah. there's poverty, that there's slavery, that mm. there's abuse ranging in every like every form of abuse. Mm. What reason would you have to own another person? Mm, that's more I suppose it's it, I wouldn't say greed that's too because that, that means that slavery there was, was a large economic, economic benefit to slavery economic. are you kidding um, definitely definitely but slavery also happened long before like societies lived capitalistically like slavery has been around since the dawn of time um, so yeah I don't think it, it's not always a capitalist thing it's also just or maybe it is greed, because then it might not be... It, they might not want... What's it called? 
money from you, but they want power over you. And the greed can also be a, a want for power. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. So uh, maybe you're right. Maybe greed is the greed is just you. It's just it's it's back. still crazy to think that there's people who have like what five houses, and I'm not against people. You know, you you worked hard, or you inherited that money, or you stole that money. Do what you need to do. That's true. Yeah. Someone, someone, someone posted on Twitter the other day. Oh, what's it called? My um, my neighbors just bought his 100th property. Wow, I'm really trying to get like him. And like again, that kind of takes me back to this whole, um, this whole glamorization of extreme wealth. Like, you realize the more properties he buys, the less you can buy. Like, it's not, <laughs> it's not. Everyone wants. You can't. Not everyone can be that guy. And in order for you to sit here and say, "I wish I can get like him," you're basically acknowledging that you're going to have to take out of the mouths of people who need like a home. There are homeless people. There are you know plenty of people mm-hmm. who would, you could use one of those hundred homes that he's bought but they can't get them in order for him to have them so yeah yeah <laughs> what's the most ridiculous circle, animal let me continue planet. the most ridiculous animal. <laughs> mosquitoes actually yeah there is no reason for mosquitoes to exist other than to give people diseases they don't pollinate plants <laughs> they don't they don't fertilize soil they have no use they actually don't have any use so yeah, no mm. mosquitoes. I hate the fact that they exist, and they're just annoying when you're trying to sleep. And just that going, is true. Right next to you. I gotta go. With yeah, slugs. mosquitoes do not need to exist. See, they have so, a purpose. They do things oh, for us. You know what? Slugs. I'm gonna. Yeah, that's. I knew it. This is great. They're gonna pull them gonna, ugly. Like, make me look, like. See, this is you. Listen, they're just so style of a substance. disgusting in all their forms, from just a general slug to like a sea cucumber. They're just these disgusting jelly blobs that are the most atrocious colors I have ever witnessed in this entire planet. The way they move, their function, everything is disgusting. They disgust me. They disgust me so much that it's ridiculous to think that this like clay-like, mop-like, slimy-ass thing is even actually an animal on this planet. Like, they actually have dominion over some things. It just doesn't make sense. What have... Okay, I'm going to ask you right now. Um, They're just what so disgusting. And it was worse because, obviously, when I lived on that side of the planet, it's like slug galore. So it made me hate the rain. It made me hate the rain because I knew that the rain would bring slugs. So even now, my relationship with rain is still a bit tricky. I just, they're so disgusting. Okay, if you say so. But I'm like saying, you know, slugs also help with decomposing matter and they fertilize soil. Listen. Whereas I've had malaria nine times. So I have a I have reason, a reason to hate, reason to hate mosquitoes. <laughs> Listen, if That's I could burn rude, all the slugs okay, in the world, I would. They're just disgusting, That's Alex. So I just, I, you know what? I love animals, but I, I do like really animals. Not, when it comes to slugs, snails, spiders, cockroaches, you can miss me with that bullshit. Ooh, but slugs, slugs take the cake for me. Slugs, you know, if I was like in a room with slugs, I would probably die. 
you don't understand the hatred I have. I'll take mosquitoes any day. Whatever. Right. I can recover from malaria. That's, I don't think I can okay, do that. That's so. another topic. What's the best advice? <laughs> What's the best advice you've ever received? Why it's still different. Best advice I've ever received. Um, mm-hmm. I guess it'll be like to stop trying to please everyone. You can't please everyone, I suppose. Or not everyone's going to like you. Oh. Kind of stuff. Because then you, can't, you start to focus on the people that do and you ignore the people that don't. Because I'm this is kind of someone who, who, who spent a lot of time trying to be like the everyone's best friend when I was younger. Um, which has never it never led to a bad anything bad other than the fact that like at a certain point those people will leave your life just because that's how it works and so you've spent a lot of time like externally invested in what other people think of you but you haven't spent much time mm-hmm. like cultivating actual relationships or meaningful relationships so yeah invest you know invest your time in the best places that you can get it back out you know, invest your time in people that will invest theirs in you. You know what I mean? So, yeah. That's probably the best advice I've ever received. I'll go with don't stress over things that you can't control. I mean, uh, I feel like naturally in a lot of situations, Mm -hmm. the go-to for most of us is to panic. But if you can't, you know, immediately change a situation, then Mm -hmm. don't stress over what you can't control. Like, stress is unnecessary. I think that's literally, like, it's the best advice I've ever received. But then again, that advice should be taken with, like, a grain of salt. It's in relation to some things. Over things you can't control. You can control what the fuck you said when you were angry, to an extent. Like, like don't run away with it. I'm just like, I just... Okay, that's fair enough. No. You you only did over something that, you know, generally, no matter what you did to... Now to the situation, no matter what you change, it doesn't impact the situation. Like once the exam is done and you've written it and the paper's gone, it's gone. Mm-hmm. What's the use of worrying about whether you passed or not? What book impacted you the most? Mm. Do you read? Book impacted me the most. I do read, but I can't think of a book that impacted me. Oh, I mean, there's been a few. There's been probably okay, but this is this is this is really bad because it's not even a book that I like acknowledge that much, and it's not even a book that I'd recommend to anyone. Or and I only read it because I had to. For, oh no, I didn't even have to for school. I read it because it was a book my cousin was reading from school, and I wanted to help him. Um, but what was it called? What was it called? Is it a thousand splendid sons? Thousand Splendid Sons. I want to see if it's the right author. Uh, I think, yeah, I think this is the one. Yes. Yeah. Um, A Thousand Splendid Sons by Khaled Hosseini. Um, It's a children's book, or at least it's sold as a children's book, and they read it in grade 10, 11. And... um, I've read lots of really, really good books, but for some reason, this one impacted mm-hmm. me the most because it's about how women are treated in the Middle East 
and like just how common the most horrific forms of abuse are in marriages in the Middle East and to the girl child in the Middle East. And obviously it doesn't, it's not, you know, exclusive to the Middle East. It obviously happens in Africa, in South Africa, probably as we speak and in other parts of the world. But it's the way it was written by Khaled Hosseini, which kind of made me take a step back and think, mm-hmm. okay, shit be tough for some people out there, you know? Um, Cause it was about a story about a woman who was kind of forced into a marriage of 14 um and even before the marriage her dad kind of left her mom and her mom abused her because her dad her mom was now angry about her dad leaving so she's forced into this marriage with this man who she doesn't love and doesn't love her and she endures sexual abuse under him and then he gets a second wife who's younger and prettier than her and then she harbors a whole lot of anger towards the younger wife and then she's beaten like all of the anger is taken out on her in the marriage and the young wife is kind of treated mm-hmm. better than her. So obviously she like harbors hostility, but then it flips and suddenly she finds a certain level of solidarity with the younger wife because they end up both being victims of this terrible man that is their husband. And um, eventually the older wife, Miriam, kills the husband because he's beaten the shit out of her, beaten the shit out of the younger wife. He's beaten the shit out of the, their, their child. And it creates this unlivable, like, circumstance for them. And so they kill the husband and run. And they're like, we're going to run to Pakistan, I think it was. Um, and the younger wife had a secret boyfriend from when she was younger. And so they're like, we're going to run and we're going to, you know, we'll use the, your secret boyfriend as our ticket to a better life elsewhere. Um, and it's all kind of, all the plans fully put in place. But then they get found out at the station. They're like, okay, we've got these two women here. Where is the? Where are your fathers? Where are your husband? And these are two grown ass women, but they're not allowed to travel because they're not with a man. Um, and as they're kind of being held up at the station, it's also discovered that the husband is dead. And eventually, Miriam, um, who was the older hus- the older wife who killed the husband, is arrested and charged for the crime and executed for it. And it kind of hit me deep because it's like this woman from birth to death True. experienced not one moment of happiness. <laughs> like not one. She was just under constant abuse. And then the other part of that was this is probably a really common occurrence in the Middle East and in other parts of the world as well. And so this woman has endured the worst kind of hardship for no reason other than she's a woman. And so, yeah, that's definitely the book that probably impacted me the most. Even though, like I said, like I wouldn't, I didn't even want to read it like necessarily. I just wanted to read it so I could help my cousin out or whatever, like I said. Um, I never would have thought it would leave this much of an impact on Uh, me. But yeah, it definitely did. I have two submissions for this question. Um, The first one was this this book called, um, I think it's Tiger, Tiger. Can't remember. Can't even remember the author. And I was so young when I read it, but I will Mm -hmm. never forget the story. It's like um, these two tiger cubs, right? Um, they were born in the wild, and then they were, yeah. you know, captured, whatever, by Caucasians. They captured, and one went on to become this rich princess's mm-hmm. um, pet, and the other one went on to become, like, you know when they, they had that thing of, like, um, animal fighting or, like, people fighting the animal type of vibe. And 
eventually yeah, there comes yeah. a, a time mm-hmm. where the two brothers if you will beat up and obviously it's, uh, the ending is pretty mm-hmm. simple I mean obviously the one that was forced into violence and being wild or whatever killed him but it's just interesting to me at the time because my young mind realized that life really is unpredictable because I mean when they're born in the jungle this is you don't picture mm-hmm. a reality in where life could be unfair to the extent that one literally went on to lead you know, a very comfortable life and they were fed well and they never had to you know like worry like they were humanized when the, these tigers were talked about and the other one is from the minute they were mm-hmm. taken from their mother is trained to fight and fight for their life and you know it naturally also taught mm. me as a kid to realize that circumstances can determine a lot about a person's character i mean no one in life wants to be the angry person or the sad person or the bitter person on purpose and yes there's a responsibility as an individual to work on it but sometimes the circumstances have won mm. for some people like what happened is too great to overcome if that makes sense mm-hmm. goddamn tigers and then the next mm. one was um catcher in the rye by jd salinger i love that book um mm. I feel like, okay, obviously I read these books as a kid, but that's the book which helped bring my mind back in. Like, I, you know, like, obviously when you're a teenager, this is going to sound so cliche, but you, you morph a lot. Like, you go through a crazy amount of phases, and I was going through a bunch of phases, and I found this book, which just seemed to, it's like a teenager who's, through this hundred percent, but the questions are real. It's like it's no longer just the thing of like you know everyone likes to teach um sorry treat teenagers like they're these dumb idiots that oh life it's just life it's just life. Mm-hmm. It feels so real, and in the book it's like an embracing of like at this moment I am tired. As an individual, I'm tired, and I don't want to book for people because people need to read that book. You need to read that book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably should have put in a spoiler alert because I said the whole I was story. Like, let me let you because you needed it to elaborate. <laughs> I don't know, but mostly the ability to uh, ability to adapt and kind of like just mm-hmm. make the best of maybe not so favorable situations. Um. Yeah, because like I said, I've moved around quite a bit, so I've had to like kind of just start again over and over again multiple times. So it's not, yeah, it's quite easy for me now. Um, biggest failures, what would I attribute to them? Attribute them to lack of foresight, I think, probably. Not being able to look beyond the immediate here and now into what, you know, just, sorry. Um, yeah, not being able to see mm-hmm. how my actions today might affect my life in a year or two. Mm-mm. So, yeah, those would be the two things I attribute them Biggest to. Biggest successes. Um, I think... But I gotta thank God. I gotta thank God for my biggest successes. Because um, I think... Don't go uh Like, 100% God for one. But I think it's just... I have this thing of, like, not... It's not that I don't care. What's the word when you... Um, I'm very, like... It's not like... I'm not trying to say erratic. Like, uh, um, 
I just do it. I don't know how else to say it. Like the the best things that have happened, huh? Uh, volatile. Volatile. I guess spontaneous not, not works volatile, best. Like if I have an idea and I'm like, that sounds good, I just do it. Um, and it's worked out quite well for me in most cases. And I guess my largest failures have just come from an inability to listen and not only to, you know, those who are wiser or giving me counsel or something, but an inability to also listen to myself. I mean, if you, you just have that instinct of like, no, I shouldn't do this and you go on anyway, then sometimes you can't be surprised at the outcome, can you? And then the next question is, what's the most important thing you've learned in your life? What was your life like before learning it? What was your life like after learning it? <laughs> of course. Would you prefer I go? I don't think I've learned it yet. Um, I think the most I've learned it. Uh, yeah, um, I don't know. Not be so reactionary. Um, you know, I I feel like anger anger is a very dangerous one. But I've learned that you gotta you gotta have the nice period before you blow up. Like, um, can't always go to level one hundred immediately. I don't know how else to illustrate this. Like, you know, when you can see something that's mm. like, for some people, it's an inability to be, you know, like, hey, I don't like it when you do this, and they blow up. For other people, it's like, they've seen you do it, and immediately it's like, what the fuck are you doing? Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Um, I think I've learned it's important that you, for, like, just don't speak in anger. Just don't act when you're angry. You gotta chill. You have to chill. Because um, a lot of times, acting in anger just mm. makes things worse. Um, what was yeah. your life like before learning it? Obviously, it's chaos. It's chaos if you're popping off every time that you feel it in your spirit, like, I'm angry. What was my life like after learning it? Quite peaceful. Because you come to learn a lot of times it's just a misunderstanding. Like genuinely most conflicts are just misunderstanding. You still don't have anything you think you've learned? Mm-hmm. Not that I can think of right now, no. Um, nothing that, that that big. There's like maybe a bunch of little lessons that I've kind of learned. But have they been life-changing? Um, there definitely is one that I'm completely missing. Um, but I can't think of one. We're at the last question. Right now. What do you want to be remembered for? Yeah. Why do you hate oh, this one? I hate that question so much. Um, I hate this question because <laughs> it's like a bunch of shit, hopefully. Um, not, not one thing in particular. Um... But I don't necessarily care about being remembered, like, generally. I just hope the people that I care about and I invest my time in to remember me in the most positive light. And I hope I can ensure that in my interactions with them. Um, yeah, like, I don't know. I don't really know about what do you want to be remembered for. Um, preferably just being a good person. Um, it's not generic and terrible as that terrible. sounds. I would like to be remembered for... What about you? Wow. <laughs> um, it's kind of weird to think about my passing. 
Like, I feel like I always think of everyone else's, but I never think of mine. What would I want to be remembered for? Um, for being a bad bitch. Like, Miriam was a bad bitch. She came, she saw, she conquered. That's what I want to be remembered for. I just want to be remembered as someone who just did it for the black girls. I don't know how else to sum it up. I want to be an Oprah. I want to be a Beyonce. That's, Alexa. Um, yeah, I got that. I got that all. We're at the end of the podcast. What? <laughs> um, it's I'm a bit too stop, far I'm gone. It's been like Alexa, almost actually. a year of you responding to Alexa, hasn't it? I don't think that's how it works. You don't just get to change yeah. your name. And I shall no longer respond to it. Um, proof? I didn't. You changed it. <laughs> Okay, it's not Alexa. Alexa. You will I've see Alexa on complaint. none of my Thank documents. Thank you so much for You're doing this fraud. episode with me. I think that's the nicest exchange we've had in like. You're very, very months. welcome. that's the end of this episode hopefully you guys enjoyed it feel free to share it and rate it and the next episode will be about culture featuring Jermaine. that one is very interesting it's two completely different standpoints but at the same time quite similar so that was a very interesting conversation to have so until next time take care guys